DJ and PK brought to you in part by Syringa Networks, home to complete business telecom and IT solutions, backed by an industry-leading SLA that guarantees the uptime your business needs. It's effective communications for 21st century Utah. Get started now at syringanetworks.net. Time to welcome in the radio voice of the Utah Jazz, David Locke. David, good morning. Good morning. How are you, David James? How are you, Patrick Kinahan? (laughs) Good. I'm good. How are you? I'm good. Just woke up. Well, the Utah Jazz woke up after four months off and got a win. The best thing you saw and the worst thing you saw in that game. Oh, I think the best thing I saw was just the core principles of who they are and how they play the game and, and you know, that they know how to execute and play right late in the game. Um, they didn't have a lot of business winning that game. They were outplayed for probably 39 of the 48 minutes. Um, so I think that just kind of went back to a core kind of understanding of who they are and how to play. Um, the worst thing I saw was nine minutes without a field goal. Um, and then, you know, and frankly, uh, other than the core six guys um, who played great, uh, the next three were were pretty uninspiring. Um, and that's concerning. I mean, what we found, the 31 minutes of trying to replace Boyan Bogdanovich uh, didn't, didn't work very well yesterday. Yeah, is that what it's going to be? I mean, we hope not, obviously, but the fact is from the positive that those six guys, as far as the team winning, the burden is really going to rely on them, or can we expect some more help from the others? I think there's still going to have to be some fiddling with rotations. Um, Joe Ingles' foul trouble kind of derailed some things, so it's hard to tell, though Emmanuel Moutier, after his first-half performance, his second-half performance, I think he got about a minute um, and might have saved the game. Quinn might have saved the game with that move because um, it just wasn't good. Um, so there's some things um, we ended up with. We ended up with Donovan at the point guard a bunch without Mike or Joe, and that has not been very successful this year. Um, in fact, I think it's about minus eight per hundred possessions. So not only not successful, like bad. Um, which is a little strange because a year ago it was pretty good. So you have to be a little careful on what you're playing with here. And again, all of our lineup data is a little screwy because Rudy Gobert spent 89% of his minutes with Boyan Bogdanovich on the floor. And so, you know, there's just not a lot of real data on this. But it, that didn't look great again yesterday. So um, I, I think there's going to have to be some playing with the rotations a little bit to see if you can find a way to keep Mike or Joe on the floor for the majority of the time as a point guard and then work off of that. So you kind of know that Mike and Joe, if you can do that, you have Mike and Joe as your point guards and you know you have Rudy and Tony as your centers. And then you just kind of work the middle minutes um, and figure out what you can do uh, with that. But you know, that's part of this is trying to figure it out. And the game was, you know, it was interesting. I thought the scrimmages looked really good. And then you watched both the Jazz and the Pelicans and the Lakers and the Clippers, and those games were way different. So you just get reminded, you know, it's the same way when they suddenly hit playoffs here in two weeks, the game will be even more different again. You just get reminded on how great these guys really are. And when they, when they put it in full throttle, it's just on a different level. It seems like what happens is 
the energy level goes up, the defense goes up immediately, but the offenses can't go with it. You know, some of the scores we were seeing this season, we were seeing a lot of games in the in the one teens, and obviously this is, you know 106, 104, and the other game was 103, 101. So, you know, they lost a little something there. But the 17 point fourth quarter for the Pelicans, do you think that was more the Jazz uh, defensively? locking them up, or the Pelicans under pressure just kind of fell apart and didn't know what to do? I think it was a few things. I mean, first off, uh, Rudy was unbelievable yesterday. And he is just great. And um, the free throws are, you know, added, and, you know, it's ironic that, right, he's the irony is here, he is getting all this praise for scoring the first basket and the last points, and it's back to, like, getting praise nationally for baskets. He was un believable defensively yesterday. Um, I I don't have the number in front of me. I tweeted it out last night. Um, but I think that New Orleans in the half-court offensive rating was like a 79. Like, if they didn't get out and run uh, and Rudy got set defensively, he was just a beast last night. Um, so what happened in the fourth quarter is I think the game slowed down a little bit, probably fatigue. Also, the Jazz just got tighter and, you know, and had the right guys on the floor. And so um, they just did a, you know, they, they kept New Orleans in the half court now. And then Rudy gets to display what makes him so great. On the flip side, New Orleans has got a major problem here. New Orleans is 28th in the league in clutch time offensively, 28th in the league in clutch time defensively, and is 29th overall late in games. So the Jazz took advantage of what's wrong with New Orleans' team. As much as when I prep that team, I feel like they're 40 and 14. They're they're brilliant at every position. I love every single one of their guys. Um, frankly, when I run my analytics on them, every year they peak out. Like I think they were, I projected them at like fourth this year in the Western Conference and fourth last year, and they let me down every year. They're just something's missing in that group. Um, you know, I had a stat last night that Brandon Ingram is now one of fifteen shooting and zero of seven from three in the final minute of a game within five points. And I called a scout on my uh, last night on my way back and. Um, Asked them about. It. They said, "Well, he has no move. You know, the the guys who late in games have a move and they're going to certain spots and they're trying to get to places. He doesn't have any of that yet. So that's an interesting kind of difference at 25 points a game of who he is compared to, you know, someone like Kawhi or LeBron or Paul George or things like that. Do you think Donovan is looking for Rudy more? I think Donovan knows he needs to be a more complete basketball player, and so. Some of that is widening his range of things he's thinking about when he comes into the lane. So some of that's for shooting and some of it's to um, pass. Um, So I think he's looking for everyone more, and Rudy is one of everyone. But that was going on a bit before the stoppage. Did you hear stuff during the game and your broadcasting, so maybe you don't, that you don't normally hear with no crowd there? Because one thing I heard that kind of cracked me up, there was one point, I can't remember which Pelican was, they were driving, I think it was third quarter, and it was a play where Donovan ended up running out the corner of the court and chasing a ball down that was you know way out of bounds, and it was off a block from Rudy, and as the guy got to the free throw line driving, somebody yelled, Go get it, big fella. I mean, it was like all the Jazz players knew, oh, this guy's going to go into Rudy, and Rudy is going to swat this thing 50 feet. 
Uh, do you hear stuff like that during a game you don't normally hear? So I, I, I'm hearing a lot more squeaking and ball bouncing. They've mm-hmm. got 30-some-odd mics underneath the floor, so you can feel that differently. Um, I, I actually, they're, they're running two different effect feeds to the broadcast, one that has players' voices and one that doesn't. I have no idea how they're able to do that, but they are. Um, and I actually did not know that they were running into the players' voices yesterday. Mm-hmm. Um, I, you know, tip of the hat to our crew. I've listened to a bunch of our other broadcasts around the league, and um, we, the work that's been done by Travis Henderson and Jeremy Brunner to give us the effect feed and sound, um, I, I will take, I think, if I can handle it, I will take some time and listen to my broadcast today. As you both know, that's the you know, that's a little bit like hot boiling wax in your eyeballs as a broadcaster to go back and listen to yourself. Yep. But, um, I'm planning on doing it today at some point. Um, we'll see if I can procrastinate and find other things to do and then go, Oh, I ran out of time. Yeah. Um, but, uh, listening to other broadcasts around the league in the last four days, um, our guys have done a great job to put, to make let our fans have something that sounds somewhat real. Cause there's a lot of radio broadcasts right now that sound like two guys sitting in a studio watching a game on television. How much does this team need to have success to prove to itself that it could still be good without Bogdanovich as it gets through these next seven heading into the postseason? Very significant. I think very, very significant. Also, I just don't think they ever hit their vibe this year, right? If you remember, kind of the the next ten games was this the whole storyline was like, let's see where we are. Like that was they they were really ramping up and Mike was playing better and it's been averaging seventeen points in the last eleven games. He was pretty good again last night and um, they they were really ramping it up. They were trying to you know, the bench unit was suddenly playing well. They were trying to get a little better defensively. They were trying to figure out how to play defense with their lack of size and still force some turnovers, which they hadn't been doing. Um, you know, they really had. There were a bunch of things that were, were works in progress. Um, the last practice before the suspension was an entire practice on catch and shoot threes. Like, hey, we're the best in the league at this. Let's get more of them. Um, so there were a bunch of pieces that were being worked in to try to, you know, Quinn, Quinn's incredible about getting that team to peak late. And that's right where they were. So they never got to find out what their peak was. And so I do think that these games are really important. And couple that without Bogdanovich, I think it's really important. I, I think, um, you know, one of the great strengths of the Jazz team is the multiple pick-and-roll ball handlers that they have that other teams don't have. And I thought that was really evident last night because Drew Holiday – was actually maybe the best defensive player on the floor last night. Rudy was great, and Drew Holiday was equally as good. I mean, he just literally took the ball away from Donovan Mitchell, away from Mike Conley, and away from George Clarkson, and away from Joe Ingles at different times. Like, literally just took it away from him on dribbles. He was incredible. And I thought the Jet, and, and statistically going into the game, it shows that Derek Favors and Drew Holiday are the best pick-and-roll defense combo in the league. And I thought the Jazz' ability to be able to go away from Drew Holiday was a really big aspect of the game. In fact, on Donovan's final drive, he does go at Drew Holiday um, and beats him, but only because the play busted. And the play before that, Donovan, I think, drives on Brandon Ingram, where Drew Holiday went to Mike Conley, and then the Jazz were able to go to somebody else, and they went to Donovan, tried to bring J.J. Redick up, New Orleans was uncomfortable with who's guarding who. Donovan took advantage and got by Brandon Ingram. I think drew a foul on that one um, late. And so that's, an, you know, that's part of who they are. The problem is that they used to have a fourth dead-eye shooter out there and Boyan Bogdanovich in that set, and they're going to have to figure out who that fourth person is. So the Jazz shot 
8 of 34 from 3. That is 23.5%. Now, losing Bogdanovich is going to impact your team's three-point percentage, but it shouldn't impact it to that degree. The fact they won with that number, I mean, I assume at some point, you know, law of averages and all that stuff, and some of these guys start making threes, and when you're on from three, it's a lot easier to win. covers up a lot of mistakes. The theme around talking to people around the Jazz last night was how the hell did we win that game? I mean, that was, that was, whoa, how did we win that game? We got outplayed for 39 minutes and shot what you just said from three. So, I mean, the feeling was that there was just a real grit in to getting that win last night. A lot of blowback as far as the kneeling and the social activism. For myself, I'm interested in entertaining basketball, and that's what I got. What would you say to those people who are having a hard time with this kneeling or whatever it might be relative to sticking with the basketball? So I actually thought the blowback was limited. Um, I'm sure some politician will use it today as a way to get their name in the paper, um, nationally or locally. Um, I'm sure it's you know it's just too good a topic to not you know in a day and age where name recognition matters. So I'm sure somebody will. Um, so I actually thought there was less reaction. I mean, I, I don't. I have a list of everybody who's told me that they'll never watch another game just because I'm so curious to see when the next time they text me or tweet me. Um, and so. I, it, but it's not very long. So I, I was think, just emotional uh, that time. Overlook it. Okay, I will. Um, <laughs> you know, um, so I have a few thoughts, um, and there. One is, you know, somebody during my live show on Locked On Jazz yesterday sent me. I've been a season ticket holder for twenty years, and if they kneel today, I'll never watch again. And if that's true, and you're not just grandstanding, I admire it immensely. I admire it just as much as I admire the person taking the knee. I mean, uh, the world, our country was based on protest and based on a revolution and based in the core principles of our constitution of freedom of speech and the right to assemble and the right to protest. And that's your person. If you have a conviction that's that truthful, that you're willing to give up something that you've had for 20 years because you believe so strongly in either the anthem or the flag or whatever it is that I don't happen to agree with that point of view, but so I'm not entirely sure what that person thinks, but if they believe that, that strongly, that's awesome. I admire that as much as I admire anything else. It's about conviction. The fact is, I think a lot of the people that are blowbacking weren't watching anyway. You know, I just think they're grandstanding, and they weren't going to watch, and they weren't going to spend money anyway. It's just a great topic for them to go grandstand. So if you're really sacrificing and giving up something, I admire you 100% on it. Um, I don't agree, because I just don't, that, just, that happens in life. We just don't happen to agree. I view it as kind of the essence of us as a country, as a place that protests, and I don't see the I don't see the national anthemism as a tribute to military in any way. I see a tribute to our country, and our country, you know, was based on the biggest moment in our country was the Boston Tea Party, which was really looting and stealing and protesting. Like, but that was pretty darn important to what we how we founded our country. So, um, I I just don't see it the same way, which is fine. But and I admire anyone who's got the conviction to be able to actually sacrifice and take something out of it. Again, if you're grandstanding, then that's what you're doing, and and it's pretty shallow. All right, we'll leave it right there, David. As always, we appreciate a few minutes. Thanks for coming on and uh, talking jazz with us. And uh, man, you're right. You're right back at it Saturday. Let, let me clarify. Unless you're a talk show host, in which case, really all you do is grandstand for four hours anyway. So then I totally support you in everything you do. Thank you for that little personal note. You know, I did that job once. <laughs> Maybe you'll do it again. Who knows? No, let's hope not. Podcasts aren't that different. So different. 
a little. Not that different. Well, there's, actually, we could have a whole conversation. You're not taking many callers anymore, so there's there's an evolutionary change where they've gotten more similar. I would say. Yeah. When I was a talk show host, you were taking callers. A lot of them. Yeah, it's a very that was a very different game. You you really did not have control of what was happening next. Thank you, David. See you. David Locke, Radio Voice of the Jazz, joining us here on 97.5 and 1280 The Zone. we got the question of the day up on Facebook. A lot of people weighing in on the Jazz victory, what they saw, what they liked, what they took away from it. We will get to that next. Stay with us. Basketball is back. The Zone Sports Network is keeping you up on all the latest news with the Utah Jazz in the NBA. This is a back-to-basketball update. Oh, he never looked at the net! Presented by Zions Bank. On 97.5-1280 The Zone in the Zone Sports Network. Jazz beat the Pelicans 106-104. Rudy Gobert with the game-winning free throws with 6.9 seconds left. Jordan Clarkson leads the way with 23. Donovan Mitchell, Mike Conley, 20 points apiece. Jazz are off today. They play the Thunder tomorrow, 1.30 on ESPN. Zones coverage starts at 12.30 with the pregame show. The other game, LeBron James following his own miss to score the go-ahead bucket with 12.8 seconds left. Lakers beat the Clippers 103-101. to There are a half dozen games today. Grizzlies and Trailblazers are on uh, NBA TV at 2 o'clock. The Celtics and Bucks kick off the ESPN doubleheader at 4.30, followed by the Rockets and Mavericks at 7 on ESPN. That is your back-to-basketball update, and it is brought to you by Zions Bank on 97.5, 1280 The Zone and The Zone Sports Network. For a bank that understands your business, Zions Bank is for you. This, this, this is Hans Olsen and Scotty G. It's what you want. It's an open mic. Wish Hans a happy birthday day today. Hans, this is your mom and dad. Happy birthday to our baby Buffalo. Tatanka. Buffalo. Tatanka. Buffalo. Buff. Buffalo. 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 All we ever wanted for your first birthday was a shock collar and a restrictive fence. We didn't know what we had given birth to. Ma, you've been bad. I don't have a lot of requests on this show. <laughs> I really don't. But can we not cut up my mom's best wishes that turned out to not be the best of best wishes? Oh, happy birthday, my friend. Hard to top this one. Oh, yeah, it was great, man. Wow. Catch Hans and Scotty every day. Presented by your Rocky Mountain Chevy dealers on 975-1280 the zone and the zone sports network. Here's Donovan working into the lane. Stop. Step back mid-range hopper. Got it, Donovan Mitchell. Took his time, got exactly what he wanted. Donovan has the third most amount of clutch points of anyone in the NBA this year, and the Jazz lead at 102-99, 224 to play. The fourth annual Ron McBride Love You Man Silent Auction is going on now. The auction includes autographed helmets and footballs from Utah, BYU, and the Super Bowl Kansas City Chiefs, plus power tools, trips, and services of all kinds. Place your bid today at the RonMcBrideFoundation.org. That site again, the RonMcBrideFoundation.org. You just heard from David Locke. He just joined us. You just heard him right there on the return to action there is the Jazz. Pick up the win in the first game back. Question of the day is up at Facebook. Jazz getting the win over the Pelicans. Your reaction to the opening victory. Your big impressions from the first win. And uh, PK, we got a lot of comments here. Uh, Jonathan speaks for a lot of people. Sloppy start as expected. But getting Rudy involved. Great to see Donovan play a team game. And what a pass at the end. Conley and Clarkson 
really did well too. Man, Clarkson a couple times got on a roll there, and it just seems like he's just good for like four trips in a row who get you a bucket. He gets a mismatch, and he just destroys it until they make a substitution or something and switch it up, and he just, just goes and goes and goes again. So you thought Clarkson played well? thought he did. I thought he gave him a lift at a time they had a lineup out there that was a, a little stagnant, and they could have easily given up a big run. Well, and they did give up some runs. They could have given up bigger runs or more okay. of them. I agree with you, but then I don't ever want to hear you quote the plus-minus again because it was minus 15. Well, yes, but I saw he was minus 15, and I thought that was because of some of the lineups he had to play with, and I thought it would have been worse oh, without so it wasn't... Oh, okay. Well, still, don't quote the plus-minus, which I'm all for. I think it's a dumb stat anyway. But, uh, yeah, I thought what he did was excellent in terms of taking the ball to the basket. The threes weren't falling particularly in the uh, latter part of the first quarter and in the second quarter, and that's how the deficit became. It's okay when the threes are rolling. It's like hitting in baseball. It gets contagious and all that stuff, as they say. But find ways to get other points if the three isn't falling. And for the Jazz, it didn't fall that well. It really didn't. In the first half, it was awful, 420 in the second half. And they shot, what, 34 total or 36 total, so four fewer in the in the second half and Clarkson taking the ball to the basket he just has a way he has a knack there's no question about that and uh, you're going to need that obviously you're going to need slack being picked up you know Niang it was one of those games it wasn't happening for him I don't know that uh, that's going to be consistently if it is he's going to be in trouble the team's going to be in trouble but I expect him to be able to hit a few more he hit zero literally did not make a bucket I think it was 0 for 6 0 for 4 uh, so he'll He'll make some buckets there, but that's the good thing about it. I, that, that to me, that's the great thing, is that your team didn't shoot the ball well from the three, and you still find a way to win the ball game because you'll shoot the ball better, most likely. And I, li- I like having to grind it out and have to really have uh, stuff go against you and find ways to just fight through to bat on all that stuff. Because I mean, that's how the playoffs are going to be. Well, I, I, because it's and, and it, when shots are falling, anybody that that's just gravy training. Anybody can do that and win. And and when when you're just having three, four guys are hitting shots. If you're shooting fifty percent from three, you're probably going to win the ball game. It's when you're not having those nights. How do you find ways to win? And that was what's cool about this game is because those things win, weren't happen, and they did. They found different ways to win on a night when you weren't nearly playing your best basketball by any stretch. So that was cool about it. There'll be times when you are playing your best basketball. I still think this team has some talent. You know, I'm not going to pick them to go all the way by any stretch, but I think they have the talent to win ball games. They got seven more and have an opportunity to build some confidence and just to find out stuff because this whole season has been a season of adjustment basically when you're bringing in two new starters who are going to play significant minutes you know some of these guys like Zubak there for the Clippers he starts he plays 15 minutes he's not really playing significant minutes even though you're starting no this these guys were starting and they're playing big minutes. So this whole season has been one of adjustment. Now you got to make another adjustment because one of your significant players is gone. And so you got to make another adjustment and have this opportunity. So when you think about it and step back, it's probably not going to be anything close to their best basketball. 
because of the fact that they're having to make another adjustment. You know, you could say, well, they haven't played for four months. Well, everybody hasn't played. So that sort of washes everything out there because everybody's in that boat of having not played since the second week of March. So we understand that. Uh, but as far as relative to them and what's unique to them is having to make this adjustment now in a season of adjustments, they got to make another one. And those things are difficult, but yet they still find a way to just grind out a win. That's a positive sign. Christian says, fun to watch B-Ball again. That was a nail-biter and a, a win and a great way to start the restart. That was a knuckle-biter. Come on now. we got to go deeper than nail. No, no, because it was regular season. The, yeah, regardless, that's still will. it's a regular season knuckle-biter. Yes, I realize a knuckle-biter in a regular season is not the same as the playoffs, but still, for a regular season game, I think you got to go a little deeper than nail. I don't think there's any such thing. Around, apparently. There's no such thing as a knuckle biter, but a legendary radio host once said that. There is a thing as such as a knuckle biter. There's a promo that's going to be on the rotation here in a minute. I don't think there is. I think that was made up and someone trying to save face, and I admire that person <laughs> for trying to save face through that. Nothing I'll, tell, wrong with that. I'll tell them when I see them again. Well, look, get yourself a mirror and then have at it. Jake says, hard to believe, not not our Jake, Jake Mitchell, hard to believe a win is possible with 20 turnovers and less than 25% shooting from behind the arc. Well, as David Locke just said, that was a conversation with Sun Jazz people. How did we win that game? 17-point fourth quarter. And to Locke's point about, you know, not being good in the clutch and all that, uh, well, you're playing big minutes with three guys who are 20, 22, and 22. And if it were the Jazz, we'd be talking about, wow, these young guys, when they learn, but it's somebody else, so they're just not good in the clutch. (laughs) Well, that's who they are, yeah, the Pelicans. They're a team on the come, and I don't think Zion right now is playing big minutes. No, he played 15 also. Yeah, so that's that's, he was under minutes restriction. But if I'm the Jazz... Uh, I would start, I don't know if you're allowed to high-five in these uh, situations, but in the fourth quarter, when I saw Lonzo Ball pull up to take a shot, I would start high-fiving each other. Absolutely. <laughs> he was he was two for 13. It's like, when he's on the floor, you know who you double off of or who you help off of, if at all possible, and you know who you don't hurry back to on a rotation. Eh, if he takes a shot, so what? If you run at him and he throws to somebody else, that could be a problem. So let him take the shot. And if he gets on a roll, which you know every NBA player is going to do at some point, well, then you got to do something about it. But the numbers say most of the time he's not going to get on a roll, and he didn't get on anything close to a roll against the Jazz. You're right. Hi, what, what, is, what does uh, Klauke say after wins? Handshakes and high fives all around. Handshakes and high fives all around. Lonzo's shooting another jumper. Yeah, when I got, even now Zion isn't playing to the level that he will play in at, still on that ball club, uh, Drew Holiday, Redick, Ingram. uh, I got plenty of other guys I want taking perimeter shots Mm -hmm. outside of Lonzo Ball. So I thought that was great. I thought the shot selection for New Orleans was something to be desired there at the end because the, that that became, in that fourth quarter, that became a possession game, right, where it seemed like every possession really mattered and you had to be important with the possession because it was just that close. And to have him take those shots, well, you're playing right in the Jazz's hands. And sure enough, I think he finished two for 13, and it wasn't happening for him, and that was great because they needed that. The Jazz needed to play well in the fourth quarter, but they needed New Orleans to suck. Too. Yeah, and, and yeah. The, the fourth quarter was uh, the Jazz won at twenty-seven seventeen. 
17 was far and away the worst quarter of the game for uh, offensively for either one of these teams. That was, they really came up empty there at the end. And, and the great thing about it is you just specifically the Jazz, because that's the team that we focus on, is so many of these guys can play a lot better. I mean, I am a man, played pretty well, but I think he can play better. I don't know which guy wore which thing, so. Well, you can look it up. I mean, Mike Conley is I am a man. Okay. Yeah, you see right through those things. You, you, I, I noticed them because they wanted to be noticed. Ally needs to keep shooting shots, right, Pete? <laughs> I do know Ally. That's Eagles. And I know that Sayer name is Donovan, but I don't have the whole roster down. They, they want us to notice it. That's the point of having That's it. That's having it on the jersey, yes. So I did notice it. I'm a man. I'm 32. Yeah. I think uh, I still don't understand why he insists every time of shooting the floater right-handed. Why can't you shoot the floater left-handed sometimes? It's always baffled me. Yeah, I don't have a good answer for you on that. But if that's what he feels, and he can play. Everyone can play better. And they're going to have to play better, too. And I expect them to play better. You throw, you never throw back a win, ever. <laughs> They're too hard to get. They are. So hold on. Yeah, and they got it. And, and, and that, that's the great thing about it is you got to win knowing that you can play a lot better. And, and aside from that, I asked the folks, weren't you just entertained? A, weren't you glad that it was back? And B, weren't you entertained? I know the answer to my Two questions that I just posed are yes and yes. Uh, let's see. We got some. Uh, now, before you pose this, uh, okay, DeGiro looks. Now, he's hardcore. He posts all the time. Great win, especially being the first one in the bubble. Go, Jazz. Yeah, I would say he sounds like he was entertained. Really? How could you not be? Because you didn't watch it. What game? Tune them out, well, Hal let, said. Well, then you wouldn't have been entertained. Right. You wouldn't have known about it. I got it. Uh, Fritz must have been entertained because he only posted two sentences, but he needed four exclamation points. So that's a sign of real entertainment right there. Gobert, 18 the last two free throws. Strong performance. Yeah, that was a positive sign. I mean, those are pressure free throws in the moment. If I have a pressure putt and I'm a nobody on a golf course and, there, and all the pressure that I create is through my own doing – then I classify those two as pressure free throws. Are there more pressure free throws that you hope he takes in the coming years? Obviously. Yes. Uh, yes. But those were still pressure free throws in that particular situation, and he made them both, and that's a good sign. How is it not a good sign? Jim, oh, this is the kind of statement you like to make. I can't believe Jim beat you to it. You're going to be disappointed, but you're going to congratulate Jim. Best July Jazz game Ever. I would disagree with that because I have seen some outstanding summer league games. So, no, I disagree with that. That's not true. No, this is better than all the summer league games. No way, because when Mitchell was doing his stuff in the summer, people were way more excited about that. So I disagree vehemently. (laughs) I bet you do. When he was taken by storm, we had trouble containing our excitement. This can't be true. He can't be this good. I remember I always blow off Summer League. Well, in relative to Donovan Mitchell, I was dead wrong. I remember when he did it. Was that the year they were playing at the Huntsman Center? Yep. Yeah. And I remember thinking, I remember discussing this with Gordon. He was getting so excited Gordon. because we did some games. We did we did the announcing because yeah, Locke right. was gone or something, uh-huh. whatever it was. Yeah. And I remember discussing this with him upstairs 
when we were they had some food upstairs. I, specifically, I can recall sitting there, and he's getting excited, and I'm downplaying it, saying, nah, 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 it's summer, I'm not it's getting excited, blah, 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 not, blah, blah, blah. I do remember having that discussion, like, I know he looks good, and I did not yeah. expect him to look this good, but I don't want to go crazy over a summer league game. Right, <laughs> right, right, exactly. And yet, obviously... I was wrong. He t- he's turned out to be a star, a star in the making. You can classify him to a, at least like a low-level star if that's an oxymoron, but that's what he is right now, or he's uh, he's working his way up. He's going to get up the ladder. He's going to be even better. So, no, when he was doing that, that was especially when you just lost your all-star in Hayward, that was, oh, my gosh. No, he's, he's a star because you can see, by the way, Media and other markets uh, treat him. Uh, he is absolutely a star. You know, officially, he's been to an All Star game, so I guess you got that. But it just, you know, Mitch Lawrence is tweeting out during the game. Knicks fans, Donovan's going to look great in the Nick jersey, isn't he? He's going to be a great fit. <laughs> so he's a star. Yeah, people living on the other coast are watching the game, seeing how well he plays, and wishing he was in their backyard. What do you mean the other coast? The other coast. We're western-ish, coast-ish, no, sort of. We're the other coast. Okay, the other side of the country. How's that? That is the coast. That's where the country originates, my friend. Oh, okay, fine. Good. Sheesh. Jersey roots. <laughs> so that summer league that he had three years ago was way more impressive than this summer league went. So, nope, I disagree. Vehemently. Right, with a capital V. Eric says, I need more Donovan. I'm waiting to see him play all four quarters, the 48-minute game, playing Will Chamberlain minutes. Yeah, nobody does that anymore. Nope. There's no way that would happen now. Uh, 35 is a lot. Uh, and uh, he can he could probably do it because he's so young. But, you know, being able to have your best – at the end of the game because it's a, it's funny because this guy has really rocked in the second half. He's got a rep now. Uh, I don't know what it is. I can't pinpoint it and why the slower starts. But nevertheless. But you don't worry about it. Other guys get off to a slow start and you think, oh, he's having a bad game. But Donovan gets off to a slow start and you're thinking, I've seen him have big fourth quarters a million times. He'll probably still end up with 20 points. And sure enough, he did. And, and they were the big points and they won the game. Oh, yeah, I think we obsess over Conley. Is he going to make his shots? Today? Right, yeah, is he going to get going? <laughs> I need him to get going. <laughs> but I am a man. I like the way he's playing. Just get out there and just play. And You're needed now. It's not like, uh, well, they can win without you're, you're him. You're the fourth what? scorer, right? Nah. And so they only need three of the guys to be on. Now yeah. they got three guys who can really score, and they need him to be on. And he knows it, and so he has to do it. And he'll he'll do it. He'll he'll be fine. Uh, I don't know how well everything will go as far as how good everything will go for the team, but I think Conley will be fine and do what he can do. And I'm excited for the game tomorrow. Well, it's a good thing he had it going in the first half because it could have yeah. been down 20 at halftime. Oh, no you know, question. the 12 no the 12 point deficit was enough to dig out of. You didn't need it to be 60 and, to 40. 
And I think that's the thing. That was the great thing about it is they never got that far behind. So you're down 12. You get a couple of buckets, three buckets, and now you're down six. It seemed, well, you're down yeah. six with with 15 minutes, 20 minutes to go in a ball game. You're you're obviously in the game. Yeah. It was 12, but when they came out in the third quarter and got a run, they got it down to five pretty quick. Right. That's what I'm saying. And it, went yeah. back, it went back to nine, but then it went down to two, and so they were kind of bouncing around and... Those kind of leads, you feel like you know, there's time to reel them in. And Locke always wants, you know, it's five points of five minutes to go. And by the time they got midway through the fourth quarter, yeah. you, it's like you said, it was a grinded out. Every possession matters, you know. So I'm just so proud of the guys, Dave. Are you really? Yes. <laughs> I bet they can feel that all the way in Florida. It probably gives them. Gives Joe, them. Joe, come back. <laughs> All right, DJ and PK, it's 97.5 and 1280 The Zone. More reaction coming up. Stay with us. Welcome back, welcome back, welcome back. It's been a long four months. Welcome back. Oh, Donovan, don't do me like that. But finally, the NBA is back. Back up and hammer. That is filthy, Rudy. Catch every second of every moment of Utah Jazz basketball. As the Jazz resume play from the bubble in Orlando, your exclusive home of the Utah Jazz is right here on 97.5, 1280 The Zone and The Zone Sports Network. DJ and PK brought to you in part by Action Plumbing, heating and electrical spring into action now. Mention this ad and receive $33 off any service. Call Action today at 801-833-3333. That's 801-833-3333. PK, we had Tim Brando, Fox Sports National uh, commentator on earlier, and he just went off on uh, college football not having a czar and the league's doing different things and showing each other up and the ACC signaling that they're ready for the big in-state games that – means so much in some of those markets, and then the SEC going off and doing their own thing and blowing all those games off. No coordination. If they weren't going to play them, don't play them, but you don't need to get people's hopes up and then dash them right after that. So he, he went nuts about that. We, we now know three of the power, power, power Five leagues are going to be playing 10 games, conference-only schedules. ACC said 10 plus 1, but they may be revisiting that since they're not playing those in-state games. Now we're just waiting on the Big 12. Yeah, Mountain West too, but yeah. as far as the Power Fives, yeah. Uh, I would assume they're going to go in that direction. I can't tell you that for sure. Uh, but come up with a framework and then see if we can actually act being being able to play the games. It, it seems to me that the conference-only thing under the circumstances is probably the best way to go. So you can move dates around, expand the season by a week or two if you need to. I'm not, I'm not convinced they won't need to expand it by a month or two. I've, I've read stuff about suggesting about moving the playoffs, <clears throat> at least those three games, the semifinals and the, and the title game. <clears throat> no matter what they do with the rest of the bowl season, moving them right after the Super Bowl, which gives people you know, more time to finish the seasons for all the people who are worried that they're just not going to be able to get things going in September and October. And it seems to me that, uh, you know, as a football fan, if that's what you got to do, okay, uh, do it, you know. It's, uh, I mean, we're all adapting to everything anyway. Why not one more thing at this point? Yeah, that's exactly true. I mean, we moved the basketball season with a four and a half or a five right, month delay. exactly. And, and this is the weirdest thing going. ever. But we're rolling yeah. with it. And we did. See, I think that I've always said that college football, college basketball, men's specifically, 
it's the most hypocritical thing we've got in a world full of hypocrisy because you know they won't get this czar and that's the word they don't even want to use the word commissioner right. because somehow that seems too professional and we won't do that even though everything but the huge money is professional so as we move toward compensating these young men let's move towards the professional model because that's what it is anyway these coaches are making enormous amounts of money so are the offensive coordinators the yes. defensive coordinators the athletic directors the conference right. commissioners right there's a list of people the players are the ones who have their pay capped but the colleges don't want to say they are employees i know i know but we're moving in that direction and as we move and pay them pay them whatever i i couldn't care less pay them whatever I think you're going to open up a whole other can of worms, and you'll figure it out as you get there. But if that's what you want, and you devalue the education, and you don't believe that they actually are getting some financial benefits, when I already believe that they do, above the table and certainly below the table, uh, I've got a million stories that I've been told. But if you think that they're not, and you think you think that they should be getting money, fine, give them it. And as they do that, move towards having some uniformity, but they don't want to do it because of the the way it looks. It's so stupid to the point where last year at the conference tournament, the non-winning team, they couldn't <laughs> even say the losing team goes first. How stupid is that? Or the losing team went second, whatever it was. The non-winning team. I mean, what are we doing here? It's just ridiculous. The moderator who sits up there on the stand. The, no, we'll have the non-winning team's coach and two players. We couldn't, you couldn't say losing. <laughs> Meanwhile, they get up there, and they're all down because they lost the game. They know full well they're the losing team. But we, we're so concerned about the image of college but sports. The, but the managing the image is so poorly done. If you don't want to call them the losing team, just call them by the school name. We're going to have... Cal up here first, or Utah, or ASU, and then Arizona, or UCLA, or Oregon will be up here next. Just don't reference it. It doesn't even make sense. It's so convoluted. But they want to be, be politically correct here and, 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 and do that thing because it's college. But they I, say something that nobody ever says. Nobody, know, literally it, no one says that. So and just a guy say, like me in the audience picks up on it. Yeah, Arizona State's going to be up here first, and then uh, Stanford will be up here second. Right. I say put somebody in charge and especially as we move towards paying these kids it is a professional thing to an extent and it's treated like that they charge prices that yep. would be indicative of all that and salaries are indicative of all that and so why not go in that direction but in the short term we don't have it so it's probably best to do the conference only thing to maintain the flexibility and the decision making within your own to be able to do what you need to do uh, so that's the way it is. and I would love to see that the Big 12 just pick up BYU and then let's go with your 10 games it seems so clear or did I say Big 10 I meant Big 12 uh, it seems so clear and easy 
Well, they'd have 11 teams. They could all have five home and five road, and nobody have to play each other twice. If they yeah, just yeah. stick with their own league, they go with nine games, so you got one less. You're not as close to fulfilling your TV contract. You might have to give some money back. If you decide, okay, we're going to have one conference matchup, you're going to go home and home, so we get the 10th game. Then everyone's going to be looking at each other, oh, I'm not playing Oklahoma. I'm, I'm playing Kansas. You're not playing Kansas. We are. You know, so you got all that stuff going on. But I do think at the end of the day, there's something with the lawyers, if you don't play, if you just say, hey, we can't play any non-conference games, and it's a pandemic, it's an act of God, force majeure, we don't have to pay you the million bucks or whatever it is we owe you for the game, 800 here, 1.5 million there. I gotta believe that's part of it, and I wonder if they think they weaken their case if they put BYU in the loop. Because they're not actually in the conference, even if they made them in the conference for one year. Uh, we we get their case in in terms as of- far as we don't have to pay you uh, uh, FCS schools and you uh, group of five schools the guarantees we contracted you we're not playing the games and we're not writing you the check either you know we got ads from those schools saying I'm sure we're going to sit down and have productive conversations which is you know collegiality for we're getting our freaking money <laughs> uh, yeah. I, I, I would have to look at it individually to see how many of those teams uh, are also only playing conference only. So maybe that cancels it out, even at the lower level. Well, some so. of them, they're definitely off the hook for some. You're right. And, and maybe you're right. Maybe it will be more because these other conferences might say it too, and then that kind of weakens their case. I think that's why right. they haven't said it yet. <laughs> oh, okay. I hadn't <laughs> thought that uh, out that. The, the FCF, have some, like, I think four FCS leagues have said, we're not playing. They're not 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 non-conference. We're just, we're not playing, you know. So so they'll do that, and that does weaken their argument for their money games. Right. Whoever they're contracted with, I would think would be off the hook. Yeah. Uh, you were the one who was pre-law on Friday night ASU, not me. So yeah, I'll defer to you on this. But that would how it be seen to me. But the group of five. I mean, I haven't seen the the San Diego States and the Fresno States of the world coming out and going ah, pff, never mind. <laughs> no mind. Where's the money? Uh, yeah, well, yeah, we'll see within time. Yeah. All right, DJ and PK, it's 97.5 and 12.80 The Zone. More reaction to the first big game back for the Jazz. They get the win over New Orleans. What would you think of the Jazz and the Pelicans? We'll get to that next. Stay with us.